This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Straub here welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. A quick reminder before we get going here, you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Now, as we get into week 21 of the NBA season, it's time to talk waiver wire pickups with Dr. A. Steve, we'll start with point guards as we often do. Tyler Johnson has been playing a sort of dastardly game when it comes to uh, to fantasy hoops for, for all of us trying to decide whether we can trust him or not. Two big games, then two bad ones in a row. Looks like you think we should stay patient with him despite the inconsistency. State your case. Yeah, I mean, the minutes are there. He's playing 30 minutes a night. Uh, he played really well in two straight games, and then he's hit, what, two of 12 shots over his last two games. So the shot is missing in action again right now, but, you know, he had two great games and two horrible games. So can you fully trust him? I don't know that I do, but the minutes are there. And as long as the minutes are there, uh, the rest of it should work itself out. Yeah, I mean, even if he splits the difference between, you know, that 29-point and 18-point game and then these recent bad ones. Because he, he's still getting some other stats, even though not shooting well right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm still relatively optimistic. Just need some, some shots to fall. And they have a four-game week, so... If- games played matter to you it's a good week to hopefully let him bounce out of this funk yeah i'm gonna stubbornly stick with him i think for at least another week that's my plan full four games i will not cut him i'm stating <laughs> it stating it here i will not cut him before at least four games okay Mark my words all right uh avery bradley you started the, the write-up on avery bradley by saying i still don't fully trust him what is it what what, what does it, it take, take right what does the guy have to do what does the guy have I, to do steve you know i don't know that i can fully trust him in the year well in the, for the rest of this season but having said that i just went out after i wrote that column and picked him up in a league so uh memphis plays three games this week in case you read the the waiver wired column very early. I had him with two games because in my mind, he was still a Los Angeles Clipper. That is incorrect. He plays three for Memphis. He's balling, man. I mean, he's playing really good for Memphis. I didn't think we would see this from him again this, well, ever really. I mean, he's been so bad for the last, for the last couple of years. Uh, but 15 points, four boards, four assists, a steal and two threes over his last five. Pretty cool. Like he, he's found a new life in Memphis. Yeah, I'm on board. Don't love their upcoming schedule because they do have a two-game week coming up, uh, week 22. So that's not ideal. But yeah, other than that, it, other than the schedule, I I do trust him right now. And uh, I think he can keep it going. Who else do we got? Who else do we want to talk about? Wait. <laughs> oh, Luke Kennard. Steve, he went off on Saturday um, in just 22 minutes in that now, granted, blowout win over the Cavs. So, you know, three out of his last four games have been pretty good. Are you buying in here? I've been on Kennard all, you know, for 
for a while. Um, I think he's in this column every week. Uh, we talk about him quite a bit. He's only 9% owned, but he had 26 points and six threes on Saturday. Uh, he's been hit or miss. You know, he's kind of up and down. But over his last five, 15 points, three boards, a steal, three three-pointers, and he's shooting 56%. Like, we talk about Wesley Matthews and the Pacers and how he's kind of lived up to my hype, but Kennard's numbers are actually a little bit better. I think he should be owned in like 30, 30% of leagues. Kennard double digits in six out of his last eight games. So if you're willing to pick him up and then allow him to have a bad game or two, it could pay off. He's not necessarily going to hit value every single game, so may require a little patience. But other than that, I like it. Uh, what about Landry Shamet? He's a guy we were talking about for a couple weeks. Then he trended downward fast. Now he's trending back upward. Is there a reason for us to be excited about this? You know, I don't know, man. I, I really struggled with whether I wanted to put him in here or not. But he had 20 points, four boards, two assists, a block, and five threes on Friday. He played 33 minutes in that one. That was his best game as a clipper. So before that, the numbers are, are pretty rough. And he doesn't do a lot besides hit threes. Also, they only play two games this week. So it's not the best time to pick up Landry Schmidt, but I I think basing it off what he did on Friday night, hopefully he's ready to go on a little bit of a of a hot streak. We're taping this before the Clippers play on Sunday afternoon, so check back to see what Shemet did if you're looking for something to push you one way or the other. His Sunday box score might be that thing that decides it for you. How about how about Mo Harkless, Steve? You know, it's been a weird season for Harkless because he's pump faked me like three different times into at least thinking about picking him up. But then, you know, the knee acted up again and he missed some time or missed a game here and there. Now he's uh, he's saying there's an article in the Oregonian basically saying he's fully healthy. Are you a believer that Harkless can be a difference maker in the weeks to come? You know, he's another guy where I, I put him on here and I was like, man, I really do not enjoy watching Mo Harkless play basketball. Uh <laughs> He's 8% owned, but he's kind of hot, man. 12 and a half points, seven boards, 2.6 assists, 2.4 steals. He can also hit three pointers, shooting at lights out 56% last five games. If the Blazers were playing four games this week, I think I'd be all in on Harkless, but three games, I, I, there's probably other guys you can find, uh, that I, I'd have a little more faith in. But if you look at Harkless's game log, it's pretty serviceable, Matt. <laughs> I mean, he's a steals, blocks, and threes guy when things are going well and can get rebounds. I, in one of my leagues, I dropped Jake Lehman to pick up Mo Harkless. So that is a move some people may want to consider because Lehman has been trending downward a bit, Harkless trending up. So that's one option to consider. The Blazers are actually playing right now as we're recording on Sunday. There's a lot of weird Blazers, like Lehman, hit or miss, Aminu, been all over the place this year. There's times when he looks must-own, and there's times when he looks like he should be dropped. And then Harkless has kind of been on that same same trajectory all year, too. Like, sometimes he's good and sometimes he's not, but right now he's kind of hot. Harkless is a guy who has done this for, you know, weeks at a time before. So it's not like this is totally out of nowhere. It's out of nowhere a bit for this season. But he does have a track record of producing some in the past. And, you know, crazier things have happened than him being useful for the next few weeks. So I, I like him uh, to some extent. And again, another guy who's super available in most fantasy leagues. And speaking of which, Steve, DeAndre Bembry of our Hawks, he is starting to pick it up a bit. I was at a game, I was at the Timberwolves game when Bembry had, I believe, 16 points, 14 boards. He looked awesome and backed it up with a pretty good game with the caveat that it was a four overtime game. How do you evaluate Bembry given that, you know, it was a four overtime game? 
I mean, 34 and 37 minutes in those two games, and this is heading into Sunday. Are you optimistic now that he's going to be a producer down the stretch? I don't know. I don't I don't have a strong feeling about Bembry. I mean, Kevin Herter's been hurt a little bit, and he, he hasn't been playing great. Bazemore's still there, and the Hawks seem to have trouble figuring out which of those three guys they want to really feature. But the last couple, man, Bembry's looked really good, and – you know, he kind of reminds me of uh, of Kenneth Fareed a little bit over in Houston. Like, he's just hustling harder than everybody else out there. And Bembry works really hard. I like the fact he can steal the ball. I like the fact he can hit a three. It just feels a little crowded in Atlanta. But they have four games this week. And if you're looking for a four-game flyer, he's he's a decent pick. But I, I'm very curious to see what he does on Sunday before I'm going to go all in on. Yeah, that makes sense. I actually have been really impressed with the strides Bembry has made this year. The guy still really needs a jump shot. I think if Bembry could improve his jumper, he could be a real, a really valuable uh, real-life and fantasy player. I think that's that, for me, is one of the main things holding him back is erratic outside shooting. But, yeah, the dude plays hard, can get defensive stats, rebounds. So he's a lot of fun if he's getting minutes and four games might be the thing to put it over the edge for this week. But I think that makes sense, Steve, to check back and see what he did on Sunday, which is true for a lot of the guys we're talking about here. Dwight Powell is alive and well. I had given up on him, I'll be dead honest. And uh, he has really turned it on. So do you think this is here to stay? I don't know, but I, I like what he's doing right now. And the Mavericks play four games. They moved Powell into the starting lineup on Monday which is huge. Dirk Nowitzki's on his last legs, literally. <laughs> um, all this works in favor of Dwight Powell, not to mention that DeAndre Jordan is no longer there. So things are looking up. He's uh, at 16.7 boards, three assists, a steal, and a three. 59% shooting over his last five. He's playing 32 minutes a night. I with four games, he looks like an automatic pickup to me. And I did, after I wrote this column, when picked up Dwight Powell in a league. And he actually now has double figures in nine of his last ten. And the numbers look pretty good. Not really blocking shots, but looks pretty good just about everywhere else. So Czech Diallo is a guy we've talked about, Steve. And I'm curious whether you see him at this point as we get into Week 21. Do you see him still as just a stash just in case Anthony Davis eventually shuts it down or for the games that Anthony Davis misses? Or do you think that Czech is starting to develop some standalone fantasy value? Uh, as I said in the column, the waiver-wired column on Roto World, that even when Davis is playing, Diallo's kind of held his own. He's put up pretty solid numbers over his last five games. He's only getting 19 minutes a night, but he's making the most of those with 12 points, eight boards, uh, steal and a half, almost a block a game. And he's, he's on fire from the field right now. 78% <laughs> shooting over his last five games. So you gotta think he's sort of like Boban. He doesn't need a ton of minutes to put up fantasy points. And I remember last week, the pod we did the other day, mailbag, one of the, the guys asked, you know, why did Diallo not do anything for me in the first half of that game? And then he came back the second half and put up numbers. So, he can score fantasy points in a hurry, and he doesn't need time to do it. So I think he's worth grabbing and holding right now. They play four games this week, so why not throw Diallo out there and see what happens? And then once Anthony Davis is finally shut down, which you still have to kind of think it's going to happen, uh, then you're sitting on a prize possession. 
Diallo's last six games, and this is all in just 20 minutes a game, 12.7 points, 9.5 boards, 1.3 steals, 0.8 blocks. And really, if you look at those six games, five of them have been either really good or pretty useful. I mean, the worst one is seven points and three rebounds and very little else. But one of those other games, he had eight points, five rebounds, and threw in two steals and a block. So more often than not, he is hitting value, even if his minutes are under 20 or around 20 a lot of the time. So yeah, he's he would qualify as a little risky. Above, above serviceable. Above serviceable. Um, risky, but but uh, bold, I would say. Yeah, if that makes I like sense. It. Risky, but possibly very smart to throw him into your lineup. We've talked, as we get into center, Steve, we talked a lot about Cody Zeller, Joakim Noah, Robin Lopez recently. All of those guys, if they're still out there in your league, remain looking like solid pickups, even though we are a bit stupefied that Joakim Noah is still relevant here in March of 2019. But I want to ask you about a guy we haven't talked about in recent weeks, Bam Adebayo. Is he beginning to, well, he's obviously beginning to catch your eye because he's in the column. Do you think this is uh, Miami momentum, which is to say that it could all be over in a couple games, or is there something to hang on to here? Well, I mean, if you look at it, Bam's played really well in his last three games, and Hassan Whiteside has been out with a hip injury for three games. So that is not a coincidence. Whiteside coming back is going to hurt Bam, but he's blocking shots. He's handing out assists. He's getting tons of rebounds. I used him in FanDuel the other night. He just racked up massive points. So I can't say that I fully trust Bam Adebayo, but Whiteside has always been on shaky ground with Eric Spoolstra anyway. Now Bam's come out and played really well for three games. I think the Heat won a couple of those. So maybe he's gained some more trust from Spoolstra. I... With four games, I don't mind rolling the dice on Bam this week, but I, I am concerned about what happens when when Whiteside comes back. Steve, uh, is there anyone else in the column that you feel super strongly about that I did not yet ask you about? Uh, let's look at this. Mitchell Robinson, I, I know he's owned everywhere. He probably didn't even need to be in the column, but man, the block party is coming. It's been super fun to watch. It's been pretty cool. I, it's nice to see... Kids blow up. Shetty Osman, I like him a lot still. That's my guy. Uh, we talked about Luke Kennard. We did not talk about Wesley Matthews, who is still keeping it going, man. A lot of three-pointers and some decent points. Uh, that's been fun. And a guy I got out of your deep waiver wired column is our friend Dwayne Wade, who we never talk about. D-Wade. D-Wade, man, D-Wade's putting up some numbers, man. And... He's on this farewell tour, so he wants to play in every road game, you know, so he can say goodbye to the fans. And I think he wants to play in the home games, you know, just I think he wants to play in every game. I looked it up. The Heat have three back-to-back sets left, including like the last two days of the season. So it's possible that Wade could only miss two or three games the rest of the way. They play four games this week. I think he's. I think he should be owned in a lot more leagues than he is. For the last month, Wade's last twelve games, he's at fifteen point nine points, four point three rebounds, three point nine assists, a steal, zero point eight blocks, and one point one threes. So yeah, I mean, I'm on board too. It's not, you know, it's not the most exciting thing to throw Dwayne Wade into your lineup. It feels kind of weird just because, you know, he's getting up there in years, but. The circumstances are actually really good as they half chase a playoff spot and want him in the lineup. So, if you pick him up, you have to stay tuned to the Roto World news feed every day to make sure he's playing. I mean, that's the biggest thing with him with me is 
is he going to play tonight? But, I mean, he's, he's been playing a lot and hasn't really been missing a lot of random games. So, yeah, sort of reliable right now. He's played something like 24 out of the last 25 based on a quick glance just now. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I like Wade as an option right now. Uh, Steve, I want to quickly talk about a guy we might think about dropping. I'm pretty sure this is a guy you have a really volatile fantasy relationship with, Danny Green. Um, <laughs> now, look, the case for Danny Green is – Steals blocks and threes when he's rolling. We all know he can be inconsistent. We all know he can be maddening. But his last 10 games, he's averaging 9.5 points, 0.7 steals, just 0.1 blocks, and 2.2 threes. So he's really only in those three categories we want from him. He's really only getting it done in threes. Are you 100% fine dropping Danny Green? Do you think there's any reason fantasy owners might regret that? Yeah, I I moved on from Danny Green uh, about – well, about ten years ago, I moved on from Danny. I moved on from Danny Green for the fifth time about two months ago, and we do have a, a tumultuous history together. But I, two months ago, I was like, you know what? I can't take it anymore. I'm I'm cutting him, and I'm done with him, and I'm not going to look back. And I really haven't. I really never think about Danny Green anymore. So yeah, I'm good with cutting him. That's about it for the names we're going to talk about today. Steve, uh, before we go, is there anything else, just any off the top of your head, anything else this weekend uh, that took place that you might want to talk about or just that's worth <laughs> mentioning, uh, possibly Friday night involving you know your hometown team or anything like that? Um, if nothing, that's I, I, fine, but you know. I've got two things. Okay. One, I'm sick and tired of hearing about you going to these Hawks games and you're not taking your boy with you. Oh. Uh, I've got an issue with that. There and it is. secondly... It's too bad you didn't go to the Friday game because I, I, I tell you what, I've never, that might be the most exciting lottery game I've ever seen. Two teams that are not going to the playoffs and Trey Young just out there going crazy. It was super fun to watch. What did he score? 46? 49. 49. 49 and 16. And I watched, my wife and I were out in beautiful Dahlonega, Georgia, hanging out at a restaurant. That I turned that game on. In the fourth quarter, because of course in Georgia people don't watch basketball, so it was on like I think it was monster trucks were on the TV. I turned the Hawks on, and that fourth quarter turned into four overtimes, and it was it was so fun to watch, man. Trey Trey looks like a hero right now, man. He's playing so good. Yeah, again, we're taping this before their game on Sunday, but yeah, the the kid is is figuring it out. Steve, we'll we'll hit a game. I, I've heard your. I've heard your comment. The, the <laughs> comment that really stands out to me above all else there is how, why have we not gone to a game this season? And I really, I, I, well, I've only been to, I think I've only gone to one. Yeah. Well, and in fairness, it happens last minute very often, generally yes. speaking. Yes. And you live a lot closer to State Farm Arena than I do. Yes. Yes. The farm. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Check out Steve's waiver wired column on rotoworld.com plenty of names we didn't get to plenty more info on the names we discussed uh that about does it for us good luck week 21 steve thanks for taking the time we will talk to you soon have a great day you too Dietz and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. 
Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 